Alrighty, trainers tribe, welcome back to another very exciting podcast. I'm Dale Sobon, and I'm joined by my co-host Kyle Wood. Woohoo! That's me. That's Kyle, and I'm Dale. You beauty. Today we are going to be talking about six books that have changed the way we do business. Now, I think the best thing about this as well is Kyle that. We've both gone for sort of really different books and why I think that's important, and we'll talk about this at the start, that there are so many books out there that if you get a bad one, don't let that deter you from saying, oh, I'm not into books or the business books aren't going to help me because there are so many different ways about going about it. And we're going to hopefully give you six today that you might want to go away and read one of them. And that might be the challenge, Kyle, that um, we set people... Uh, and we'll talk about obviously Audible or reading a hard copy or Kindle or whatever you want to do. But um, if you if you can pick one of the books we speak about today that may resonate with you, then we challenge you to invest some time in yourself and learning and reading that book. There we go. We're getting into it a little bit there now. So um, how have you been anyway, mate? Things are good? Yeah, good. Uh, Yes, I actually am (laughs) speaking of reading. I haven't been able to read as many business books at the moment because I'm currently reading parenting books. (laughs) 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 So uh, that's been a bit of a different pace, but uh, also helpful. You might uh, have to recommend some for me, mate, because... uh... I'm uh, going to be a parent in December myself, so ah, <laughs> I was, I was waiting to do that. I was waiting to do that online and see your face. I wish, I wish people could see the video now. That's great. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Yeah, very excited, and um, yeah, for the next chapter. So, Fraser and myself yeah. got a little one coming in December, which will be very exciting. That's funny because I've been quizzing you about it, and you're always giving me these like, oh yeah, yep. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> and meanwhile you, you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'd, uh, I thought awesome. I'd just wait to uh, yeah pop that on online and see your your response. I think that's always better. So I might have to get some recommendations. But today, guys, we're not talking about pregnancy books. We are talking about business <laughs> books. And when it comes to reading, I know we've spoken about this before, Kyle. That reading isn't just reading anymore. You can do it in so many different ways and like I said I get up and go for a walk most mornings when I'm not training clients and while I'm walking I'm also listening because of the power of audible um Mm -hmm. you use kindle do you still read hard copy books yeah yeah that's why I've got some behind me uh yeah I'll still read I actually have gone back to more hard copy books like enjoying holding a book in my hands yep uh also my iPad broke and I didn't like really all I was using it for was Kindle. So it's like, and I don't really like reading using Kindle on my phone. Yeah, the screen's too small. So yeah, um, yeah, back to back to books. But yeah, I like that sitting with a book and actually reading, you know, pages and turning the page. Yeah. Like, there's it's a different feel to it. Oh, yeah. of course. And the one thing I think I love about books as well is that I might listen to one, and this sounds really weird. I might listen to one on Audible, and then I might actually buy the book, not read yeah. the book, but put it put it with my other books because every time I walk past it or I see it, it, it reminds me of something. Um, yep. And that's something you don't get from, you know, looking at my app on my phone that I listen to books on. Whereas if I physically see it, it might, you know, hit some memory cord or remind me to do something or something that, that book meant to me. I don't know. Do, mm-hmm. And I know you, you, you've got yours sitting there as well, but is that something that you feel you get as well when you see that book? Yeah, I've done that heaps. And then like I, it's good to actually, you know, be able to reference it. Like when you're reading, I guess when you're doing Audible, you can put bookmarks in. But I don't know, I still find it hard. Like I'll be like, oh, what did he say about this thing? You know, like a month later, I want to look that up. Maybe I want to change something with my business. So that's like having the hard copy so much better for that. I love that. I love that. And if people, if you haven't checked out Audible, you can get a free book. And I know I've spoken about this a lot, Cole, that, we are not endorsed by anyone. We don't have any sponsors. No. And these are just our own thoughts. I don't think that we're getting commission, even though if Audible, if you are listening, I would love some free books. That would be really nice for us promoting <laughs> you. But I doubt anyone's listening, Cole. But um, you can go on there and, and you get a free book for the first month. So like I said before, maybe one of these books that Kyle and myself uh, mentioned today 
could be a little bit of a homework or a challenge for you that you might go, right, I'm going to give it a go um, and see what it's like because um, it's really made a big impact on me professionally, um, but also personally as well. I think that um, the books I'm going to mention today, hearing about people's struggles and persistence and the work you have to put in with getting nothing back in return, you know, it's it's this labor of love and finding a passion that you've got and eventually it pays off from putting in those hard yards and that's one thing that I've gotten out of reading books. And if I hadn't read these books, then I probably wouldn't have, I don't know, like it, I might have given up on certain things a little bit more than what I have, or I might not have been as consistent with my approach to the work I put in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cool. Did you want me to start or would you like to go with one? Uh, yeah, you, you kick it, kick us off. So what was right. the first book you wanted to share? Yeah, so the first book I wanted to share, and uh, this is probably oh, in the last two years, is a book best book I've read. Um, well, read I always I do read it, but someone else reads it to me, and I've, I really like that. Um, so this is called Shoe Dogs by Phil Knight. Now Phil Knight is the CEO, or he was CEO, but he was the founder and creator of Nike. So the obviously the the sporting mega brand now and if you recently watched um the last dance documentary with michael jordan the deal they did with michael jordan um was crazy at the time but nike made michael jordan a 1.6 billion dollar athlete and in vice versa Mm. michael jordan sort of done so much more for nike as well from a startup sort of to really catapult it but um i really like this brand uh this book and the way that Phil Knight started off, he he wanted to, he was a runner and he wanted to get better shoes to America. And he found that um, the Japanese, when he went to Japan, they had really good running shoes. So he started importing huh. those um, and he was selling them out of the back of his car. He'd go to run meets and he'd try and sell them. And it just slowly okay. built, slowly built, slowly built. Um, but the one thing I love about this book, for probably the first 10 or 15 years of Nike, and it was a really established brand, um, they were living month to month. They didn't know if they'd be able to pay their bills because they were investing so heavily back into the business. And that, into like, like the technology. Yeah, the technology. And yeah, stuff. and their staff and building more stores and getting more inventory. Yeah, okay. And that I just, I really liked that, that, you know, like they didn't know if they were going to be able to pay everyone. And some months it was really tight, but they just kept believing in themselves and kept putting money back in. And, and I'm a huge believer in that. And, and people that don't run businesses probably don't understand this, but you have to invest so much in yourself because if you're not willing to invest in yourself, why should anybody else be? And um, I really got that out of it that don't expect to see huge rewards at the start. And the, the work you're putting in now will come back in about two years, hopefully, but maybe five, 10 years later, mm. um, if you're consistent and you believe in what you do. And uh, I think that book is evident of it. And yeah, I just, I think people see a brand now, particularly like Nike and they're like, oh, well, that's always been a well-established brand. They've always done yeah. well, but that's not the case, Scott. Like they, they battled like, and, it, and, and other things about it is that it made me realize that relationships are important because this Phil Knight, because he was so dedicated, he had, didn't have very good relationships with his children. Um, and one of his children actually committed suicide in it. Um, and he, he sort of regrets and all different things. And, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, but it, there's also, it shows that there is a balance between working, chasing your passion, but yeah. then also still living. Um, yeah. And yeah, that for me, I think I was one that when I read that, I'm like, well, I, I am working too hard and I do need to invest more in relationships in my life and, and also myself. And it's, it's not just all about what you're creating um yeah yeah so i got a, a number of different things out of that and and most of all it's just a it's a really really well written book and um sometimes you find with autobiographies that i don't know they they can talk about boring stuff and i know what for example bruce springsteen's autobiography for me that was probably the most boring book i've ever read because he, he just talked about lyrics in songs and gigs he played but not like not the interesting stuff and i suppose i'm not into as much music as i am into you know nike and um, building a business. So um, for me, really well written. Messages were great um, and the struggle. I just I just think I needed to hear that and it really resonated with the work you put in as a business owner, as a boot camp instructor, putting back-end stuff in place that you may not get rewarded for straight away. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. So you mentioned that you sort of did some things different, but what 
like after after reading it or listening to it, you were like, oh, I'm working too much. So have you changed things or is there things that you want to keep, uh, like new systems you want to put in place sort of for managing your own like work-life balance after listening to that? Yeah, there was. So I, I stopped, um, I realized that doing as much face-to-face training with clients was I thought it was actually building my brand better, but it was actually restricting me in a lot of ways because it was taking away time from me investing in the business and growing in other areas. And I know we spoke about this a while ago of the pandemic that don't just have all your eggs in one basket. And I think for me, because when you train somebody, you get paid. So you get that instant, you get that money. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like with bootcraft or fitness game zone, you know, like put hours and hours into that and you actually don't get mm-hmm. the rewards maybe for two or three years. And mm-hmm. that was something that I was sort of struggling with. And I was like, well, you don't, you're actually affecting everything else if you don't put more time into it. So for me now, as I said before, I only train clients two days a week. Um, I've stopped doing Saturday mornings. And the reason is that I was, yeah, I was always working. Whereas now on a Saturday morning, I might get up, we go for a walk, we'll get a coffee. Um, And that's time that I really value now. And to be honest, I haven't even been affected financially by not working Saturdays because I'll probably make it back in other areas or um, I just won't be outrageous with my spending or do you know what I mean? Like you, again, the harder you work, the more money you've got coming in in certain ways and you just normally spend it anyway. So um probably been a little bit smarter of that and and valuing my time a little bit more from that book is what, what I did and valuing the time that I I put into sort of all areas of my business, not just the face-to-face stuff, because that's great. Don't get me wrong. You need that. But if that's all you're doing, then I, and I spoke about this mum on the phone, it's sort of wasted hours because each session is not getting recorded. It's not building something bigger and you're only impacting one person. Whereas a lot of the stuff I do now, and same as you, Kyle, is we will record it, we'll put it up, and then uh, you know hundreds of people access that around the world instead of just one person I was training or in my boot camp. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and as well, I, I've stopped doing my boot camps because the time that that took to run, invest, and um, yeah, and the times of the day that I was doing them, I I didn't want to train those times anymore. So. Yeah, it, it, it's something that I, I listened to this book and I put those things in place. So now that I'm sort of doing more things on my terms instead of meeting the demands of everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Thanks mm. for sharing that. That's all right. What about you, mate? What's, uh, what's number next, one for you? Oh, do, you want to, do you want to do your three? Oh, you want me to do three straight and up? Then, right, cool, yeah, cool. yeah, and then we'll... I like that. All right, switch. no worries. So yeah. number two is another book. Um, this is called Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea. And um, he is the creator of Zappos. And if you don't know Zappos, they're a shoe company that um, they saw a they saw a problem and they went about fixing it. And the reason I love this story is that Tony Shea, um, he dropped out of school. He started this um, online advertising business where... It got huge. So at the start, he loved it, but then it got to like 200, 300 employees. Anyway, he got bought out and he, like he could have lived uh, 10 times over. He was a multimillionaire. Anyway, what he found, he was money wasn't making him happy and that he loved his last job, but he hated the culture that happened when it just went too big, too fast. So then they started this business and again, it was about this is like when the internet started up. So um, finding shoes and delivering them quickly. And um, why I love this is his message that he was all about was staff happiness and customer satisfaction. And um, he went up, up above and beyond to do that. And they were sort of world leaders in customer service, um, the way they treated their employees. And they had like a huge library of books, like what we're talking about now. And um, each month they had meetings, not about, business but about books they'd read and they'd talk about the books and um so he really invested in the the satisfaction the growth and happiness of his staff and through that the business boomed they had more fun um he had dedicated staff and they built a business that was based around happiness and customer satisfaction first um and i i just really like that because you want to enjoy where you work and it just shows that even all the money you want in the world. And that's what he thought when he sold his first business. He bought all these houses, he went traveling and it didn't make him happy. You know, you need a purpose mm-hmm. in life. And 
I think he was able to reframe that and second time round with Zappos is he created the business that would make him happy and he wanted. And it wasn't even about money. Do you know, like he didn't need money. It was more around feeling, you know, wanting to be part of something and and being around people, like-minded people that uh, enjoyed each other's company and what they were trying to create together. So I really enjoyed that, that uh, probably the vulnerability about it and just that um, I think, again, it hit home with me that I was always chasing so much money and I wanted status and I wanted to – I thought that would be make me happy, but it actually doesn't. And yeah. what I found makes me happy is working on meaningful product uh, projects, having good business partners or people I work with. And and that's one of the reasons I want to do this podcast again, Cole, because I really enjoy this. I really enjoy feeding ideas off each other. Um, and we don't make any money out of this, but that doesn't matter because I enjoy doing this. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's really resonant with this book by Tony Shea. So um, I think... Yeah, we, and we all as business owners and boot camp instructors and everything we do, we we create that environment for other people. But I think it's also important that we, if you've got people to work for you or just yourself, that you're making it a fun environment for yourself. And if you're not, maybe try and remove things like I just mentioned before with shoe dogs. Like I don't want to work sad days anymore. I don't want to do boot camps at ridiculous hours. Um, so finding ways to make your life, your business work for you so that you're happy and then your clients are happy as well. And that book, yeah, it, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the messages behind it. Um, yeah, and, and I'm all into happiness and and having a good environment and just being around like-minded people. And that's what Tony was able to do with his second business. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like relationships in some ways were maybe the thing he was missing. You're talking about the culture and having enough things that money can buy, but not, yeah, not having good relationships. Well, uh, and yeah, 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 so true. And, uh, and relationships are the key to life. And that's that goes in any aspect of growing your business, building clients. If you've got good relationships, you'll get new clients, you'll get connections, you'll get word of mouth, mm. you'll have fun. Do you know what I mean? You'll get all these different mm. things. And he had that in his first business, but because it grew so fast so quickly, they lost that. And that's yeah, what he okay. talks about, the magic ingredient to Zappos, delivering happiness. Um, and, and that's what they essentially did. And they were able to maintain yeah, that okay. when the business grew even bigger than his first company. Huh. And it's a billion-dollar huh. company now. And then they got a, by acquired having... by Google. And Google started using, like, their HR ideas. And, um, huh. yeah, if Google want to buy you, you know you're doing something right. So, um, yeah, I, I like that. And that's, as you said, relationships. Relationships in everything. Yep. Yeah. Really like that. Um, and my last one is, and I'm probably, well, I haven't finished this one yet, Kyle. I think I've got about, uh, <laughs> it's a nine hour book. And uh, again, what if the ending is, is oh, like, I'll tell you what, <laughs> what if the if guy you... goes on like <laughs> some <laughs> really <laughs> offensive? <laughs> oh, well, if it does, I'll, I'll come back next week when I finish it and apologize. But I'm going out on a limb here because I want no, to do one okay. relevant. Uh, those last yeah. two I read uh, last year. So uh, the next one is called That Will Never Work. And it's by Mark Randolph. And you might be be familiar with a company called Netflix. Um, <laughs> I reckon most people will. So why I really enjoy this book is when, because Netflix has been around, for people who don't know, Netflix has been around for 20, uh, 20 to 25 years. Um, and they started when DVDs were just released. And they started um, mailing out DVDs to people to rent because um, they were so sick of Blockbuster and like places like Video Easy with so many late fees. And they're like, there's got to be yeah. an easier way to do that. Anyway, so it's just fascinating how they turn this business and how they're always evolving into what they're doing now. And as I said, I haven't finished that yet, but um, the one thing, and I love the title, that will never work. How many times, Kyle, have... I don't know, I always have random ideas and I just do them. People are so skeptical and they'll never believe in you at the start. <laughs> That'll never work. No one will buy that. Um, and you just got to block that noise out and they don't actually say it'll work until they're like, oh, well, this is really cool. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, um, yeah. I, I love that. And again, it comes down to solving a problem. There was a problem that these companies like Blockbuster had a monopoly on the market with late fees yeah. and, and really, you know, you had to go there. People didn't want to waste time going to Blockbuster. And that's essentially what Netflix did. They solved a problem. 
that was yeah. there and places like Netflix and um, for people in Australia, Video Easy, they were na- they were naive and it was probably like places like yeah. um, can uh, what are the, what are the camera places that went out of fat like that um, Kodak and the places like film. Yeah, yeah, you know that weren't like, yeah. yeah weren't progressive, you know, and they thought no, we've got a yeah. we've got a niche, we've got this market, no one's going to be able to come and take it, yeah. and all of a sudden somebody comes in with new technology, things are changing, you're gone, yeah. you're out of it, and yeah. I think the best thing about that is you've always got to be, you've always got to be finding new ways to reinvent yourself, and that's essentially yeah. what this whole story of Netflix has done. Mm. Um, there's not many blockbusters out there now. Do you know what I mean? Like. Whereas Netflix is a worldwide brand and they've gone from renting and selling DVDs to streaming them to now being nearly the biggest producers of TV shows and movies around the world. So Mm. think about how quickly your business evolves and can change. And I think that's what we need to be doing um, with the fitness space that particularly this pandemic, we're seeing how massive the online space can be and the potential and reach you can have. Um, and I think that just, if you think about that will never work, well, anything can work. And you just got to look at something like Netflix that at the start where they were, nobody believed in them and their product at the start didn't work very well, but how they actually changed it and evolved to make it such a mega brand now that they have a monopoly on streaming around the world. And they are the number one when you think about it, they, they're beating everyone. So um, they solved a problem and they continue to do that now. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, and, and now you see, like, you know, Disney and Apple and everyone jumping on the bandwagon. So it'll be interesting to see how Netflix, because that's the thing. It's like when you're the little guy, it's easy to be adaptable, Correct. isn't it? And, like, yep. change and bring the new ideas up, and then you become more established. You have more to lose. Um, but I know from listening to interviews and stuff about Netflix before that they they really make an effort to keep, to not let that, uh, fear of having something to lose, so hold them back from adapting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, interesting, cool. Yeah. So I, I think, and and we'll and we'll say, I obviously learn really well from people's stories, and I love like a narrative, mm. and mm. I just love being able to relate with the ups and downs, and and that's the thing. You might look at Nike now, Netflix, Zappos. They are mega, mega companies. They're worth in the billions. But it hasn't always been like that. If these guys, if they three had given up on their mission or their vision when nobody else believed in them, when, you know, they're on triple mortgages and they got families to feed and all these different things, then you wouldn't have these brands. And behind every successful brand is a story exactly like this of, of struggle, of grind, but of one thing, belief in yourself and what you're trying to achieve. So for me, they're really enjoyable books that... Um, I look forward to uh, walking or driving because that's the only time I'm allowed to listen to uh, my book. So I've got a rule. So um, yeah, they're, they're the three for me, Kyle. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Do you want me to go now? Yeah, mate. Let's get stuck in. Okay. Uh, so my the books I picked are the ones that I feel like have had like two of them I read quite a long time ago but i feel like they've had a really big impact in the way i've seen business and life so um you know the kind of book that after reading them you reevaluate <laughs> what's going on with your life the decisions you're making kind of like you say with those books like that you're like oh maybe i shouldn't keep doing things this way so the first one's an older book called the four hour work week which you may not have heard of but you if you're into podcasts, you'll have heard of Tim Ferriss. So it's his first, pretty sure it's his first book, uh, written way back when. And it was all about, it's basically a time management book if you boil it down. And if you were to read it now, I don't think I would go back and read this now. It wouldn't have the same effect. But um, if you were to read it and think about what to take away from it, that would be the big thing. It's like really... Uh, attacking your preconceived notions about what work has to look like, you know, that it has to be somewhere that you, you know, you go and work for, you know, 40 hours a week uh, or more, <laughs> like realistically, um, you know, that it has to be, has to be hard, has to be difficult. Uh, even like 
on running a business that you have to have like, yeah, the nose, the grindstone all the time, you know, put everything else behind growing a business. Um, yeah. So it was, it was just a really awesome book for that because growing up, you know, I read the book when I was like probably like 19 or 20 and had always been surrounded by people who had jobs and always been kind of led to believe that running a business is crazy risky you'll have no life you'll never be able to go on holiday and um yeah and you just you just shouldn't do it and so here was this book that pretty much like <laughs> pooped Smash all over that, that. <laughs> <laughs> showed like the other side of the coin um and it's you know it's it's got some practical elements to it but i think the philosophical elements to it are the best stuff like you know first thing that introduced me to the 80 20 rule which is like you'll get um you know, for usually like 20% of the work, you can get 80% of the results. So it's like a better way of spending your time rather than trying to go like 100% and everything. Or with customers, usually like 20% of your customers will give you 80% of your headaches. So if you want to free up time there, axe that 20% of your customers. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's just like lots of cool stuff in there. Um, lots of stuff in there about like sort of discomfort, you know, the discomfort of sort of doing your own thing of, of like you said, like people turning around and saying to you, that's not going to work mm. <laughs> or like, yeah, as if that'll do. So, um, yeah, it's a good book and, um, don't read it unless you, uh, want to change your whole life. <laughs> and, uh, with it that, will have that effect on you. Yeah. With that, sorry to interrupt, but that's probably going back. Like you just said there, the 80, 20 rule with, I know we spoke about flaky clients. That's essentially mm. what it is, isn't it? That those 20% of your clients will cause yeah, you yeah. the most, like and it and that can relate back to your business or your time really can't and that's I think that's yeah. why I I couldn't read that book again I enjoyed it um, and it's just got some really practical things that you can introduce straight away and to save yeah. time and and I suppose the biggest thing is that perceived vision of what you should do or what people yeah yeah and I suppose when you read it back when you're eighteen or nineteen things have yeah. evolved and changed then when you read that yeah then, yeah. You would have been, you would have had so many skeptics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, internet businesses were only just kind of taking off then. Like, there was a few big ones, but certainly not like now where everyone's expected to have an online presence. Like, even back then, that was like, you know, Facebook and that weren't that big yet. So, uh, yeah, things have changed a lot. So, some of the stuff in there might be a bit dated, but um, I still wanted to mention it because it just did just have such a profound effect and like change on my life uh did the you, next one sorry uh, did you question did you, no go when you read that did you because a book said it but tim ferris said it did it block out a bit of the background noise from not, not haters but non-believers or traditionalists that you know you've got to go to an office you've got to work 40 hour week yeah like, boring you don't have to do anything but did that sort of make you, I don't know, because the noise is always there. Like you always get, yeah. and it still does. I'm sure you get it all the time, even though you've got a very, very established business now. People will still be skeptics. Oh, that doesn't work. You can't do that. Did mm. that change? Like, did it really help you believe in yourself a little bit more? Yeah, but I think because I was really dissatisfied with the status quo of of like, that after I finished university, I was going to get a job and I was just going to work at that job and it was going to take up the like a huge chunk of a quarter of the hours I have in my week. <laughs> yeah, like, so I, I think when I read it, you know, I was looking for, I was looking for and I was open to a different perspective on life and work. And I think that's why it made such a difference um, and there was a little bit of like, you know, I'm going to do something different to everyone else and ha and actually having pride in that rather than being feeling, you know, which I think you do when you're in your twenties, that's like a great time to do that because you don't have a lot to lose. You're just getting started and it kind of felt good to be like, oh, you're doing that thing over there. Well, I'm doing something completely different. <laughs> and there was, there was like a little bit, of, there was a little bit of ego involved in it as well, I think definitely. But don't mate, like... <laughs> I just remember what I was doing in my twenties. There's no way I was thinking of starting a business. Like, and mm. so I think for you to have that mindset early on, I think that's really impressive. Whereas 
for me, I wasn't thinking that till I was late twenties. You know what I mean? So again, that's anybody can read one of these books at any time in their life, and if it, I think it is still important because you're always going to have people that will doubt what you're doing. If you're doing something different. Yeah. They will doubt you because it's probably yeah. something they want to do, but they don't have the courage to do it. So I think that book was meant for you at that time, but probably yeah, yeah. not many 19-year-olds would be able to read that book and be able to action anything from it. So I mm. think hats off to you, mate. That's very impressive. Thanks. Yeah, I think, yeah, I like to joke that I had my midlife crisis in like my early 20s. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get a double midlife like, crisis. Soon. I was just like... <laughs> This sucks. <laughs> I don't want to live my life like this. And I've only done it for a year. You know, it didn't take me 20 years and some kids to get there. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens when I hit my, <laughs> when I hit actual, actually hit midlife. You'll have a couple uh, of nose I... rings, a couple of tattoos. You get a big motorbike. <laughs> you do skids around Philip uh, Island. You get my Harley. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Okay, so we go next book. Next book. Go for it. Okay. The next book is, uh, it was a very practical book. It was called The $100 Startup by Chris Guillebeau. And the reason I picked this book is because I brought out my first digital product for sale online after or sort of during reading this book. Um, was it that? was the book that, what's that? What was your first product? It was the little book of bootcamp ideas. Nice. And it was a collection of the sort of best workouts off bootcamp ideas. And um, yeah, and I think it was like 21 ideas in there and a big section on sort of how to plan, how I plan my workouts and stuff like that because there wasn't really much out there at the time. And I think it sold for early bird price $29 and then it was like $49 from memory and there i think i sold about just shy of 200 copies in the first week that's so very impressive that's yeah. good i mean that's good numbers mate. i had a very i had like <laughs> lots of people reading my blog and stuff at that point reading boot camp ideas and so it was like it was well established um so i had that bit down and uh yeah the book was really just the thing you know it's a hundred dollar start it's a great book um if you're thinking about starting a business, which I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you are, but maybe you listen to this, you're a trainer who works for other people right now. Uh, it's a, basically a collection of stories of different people who started a business for like less than a hundred bucks. Um, and all, not just internet businesses as well. There's like a guy who started a mattress store. And when I lived in Portland, I actually went and bought my bed from this guy. Did <laughs> I didn't realize that I went in there. <laughs> I, I was online looking at reviews and this one, all the mattress stores had terrible reviews. And there's this one store that had like, you know, four points, I think reviews. And I was like, oh, okay. And I went in there um, and on the wall, they had this big mural of a guy, of like a tandem bike with this like custom bike trailer and mattresses on it. And I remember that from the book because that's what this guy did. He couldn't afford a truck when he started the business. So he would deliver mattresses with this custom bike trailer and a tandem bicycle and they would ride and deliver your mattress by that's bike. best i and love it, was it just like it's just crazy and now they're like you know now they've got truck and employees and and all sorts of stuff um and yeah so it's just a really cool book full of like lots of sort of fun stories about yeah people who've um you know really just bootstrapped their business and created these like you know which you know we do all the time in fitness and um yeah it was really inspirational and so he's got at the end of that book, like a little bit of a thing on how to um, launch your first product. So like, so you, so you sort of got some steps at the end of the book too. So yeah, I really recommend that one if you're just getting started as it'll get you motivated and also yeah. like, yeah, excited about starting something from nothing. And with that as well, he's, he's got a really good podcast as well where he does similar things mm -hmm. like you just said with that book that he will interview. And they only go for like 10 or 12 minutes um, about yeah. someone he's helped or a business idea like you've just mentioned. Um, I think they're really they're really good as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a startup school. No. Yeah. Uh, startup school? So, uh, no. Uh, 
the thing side hustle side yeah hustle side hustle like yeah that. that's it it's like a blue, yeah, we'll link to blue cover with a, like a, a dollar sign sort of through it for the s of the hustle i think something uh, like that uh, yeah something like that um there's also another really good one yeah, i think it was called the the seven day startup by dan norris um very similar okay. so and and yeah. i like i've read both and i like it again like you just said because when you can read those examples of other people you don't you put so much emphasis on a unbelievable website, great land, a logo. None of that means anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think these books really just smash that idea that we we value. Oh, it's not ready to launch. Like, how do you know it's not ready to launch if you haven't done it? Like with your ebook, do you? How do you know people? It wasn't going to be a good. Like if people didn't want it, you could have revised as many times as you want to. You actually put it out to the world, and that's. Yeah. I think that's the thing about that book particularly is it sort of gives you the confidence that nothing's perfect, but the only way you're going to find out or grow is by putting yourself out to the world. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Was the mattress comfortable? Yeah, it was good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> they sold like, <laughs> I think I did buy one of their like brand ones, but they sold like, you know, like all mattress stores, like sell a bunch of different brands and things yeah. like that. Uh, and it didn't, yeah, it got delivered by truck, not by no, bike. So I <laughs> really wanted if you It would have been pretty cool to get it delivered. I would have liked it if it got delivered <laughs> by bike, as long as it wasn't raining that day. It'd be good marketing. Like, that would be great marketing oh, yeah. if they kept doing I think that. that's part of it, yeah. Yeah, mm, well, yeah, yeah, you see this bike getting around. <laughs> would you be allowed to do that these days, Rod? Because you'd have to have a big sort of trailer. Like, would it? Or did they stand the mattress up? Oh, I've got you. Trying to think how they do Portland. it. Portland. Anything you can goes. Do anything in Portland. Oh, okay. Yeah, Fair yeah pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, goes I like Portland. that. I'm trying to be too practical for just getting into a book. <laughs> I think um, that well, that book you just said, though, even if you're not wanting to start something up, it's a great way to break down perceived ideas or, or barriers you may have that are slowing you down in some area because you can start a business in seven days. You can start a business for under $100. But most of the time, yep. the only thing that is stopping you, Kyle, is yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. And and I think that's where that, that book um, or the podcast, hearing other people's, what they've been able to do, then you, there's no reason why you can't as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. What's your, what's your last you one? Here, my mate? last one? Bring it so up. So my last always. one's not, it's not actually a book. <sighs> yeah, dear. Uh, but it, <laughs> the it's title is six books. This, oh, it's not a book. But it's on Audible. Okay. So it's um it's called the Power of Vulnerability, which is by Brene Brown, and it's kind of the work of her first two books, which um which I recommend. I mean, her first two books are good as well to read, but this is a way you can kind of like read her first two books, which were the Gifts of Imperfection and Daring Greatly. Um. So if you don't know who Brene Brown is, uh, that's you've okay. got a crush on her, I reckon, um, Kyle. I reckon you've got a secret crush on her. Uh, it's not very secret. I'm talking about it all the time. <laughs> I love her. I yeah, she's amazing. The crush. She's amazing. Uh, so she's got a Netflix special. If you as well, if you want to check her out, she's got TED Talks. But yeah, Netflix special, The Call to Courage, you can check out. But uh, this is an audio. It's about six hours long, and I listen to it pretty much every year i'll go back this year i went back she's got one on on parenting and i went back and listened to that one uh but it's it's just such if you are creating and putting anything out into the world which you are as a trainer because you're creating workouts as a business owner you're creating a business you're creating a community of where people are um you simply can't do that without embracing a sense of vulnerability because it's scary to put yourself out there, you know, and um, this audiobook was just so helpful because it just helped me, you know, going back and then each time I listen to it, really see my blind spots in terms of like where in my life I may be not being vulnerable, you know, so I'm not really showing up with myself where I'm filtering myself, uh, where I'm making things harder in the vain hope of trying to make things easier on myself, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And just really, especially as like a man becoming more emotionally intelligent, uh, cause it's not something, unless it was really role model by our parents, um, which I, 
I had great parents. Uh, we, I feel like as guys growing up, we didn't really get emotional things, you know, taught to us because wasn't in their generation really was it like let's be honest like i had great parents too but that wasn't what perceived value again like or yeah exactly they didn't men weren't supposed to act like that and that's yeah that's no reflection of our parents that's no that's generations you know and yeah i I agree with that mate yep so true yeah so this book really just helped me unpack that so that I felt, you know, improved my relationship with my then girlfriend, who's now my wife, um, helped me relate to my clients better. She talks a lot about like empathy and things like that and helped me as a business owner because you cannot, she talks about how like creativity, it takes courage to be creative because it takes courage to put your stuff out there. And she talks about how you, you can't be courageous without being vulnerable, like in its very nature, being brave, is actually we think of that as like the knight and his armor and he's all like you know soldiered up and he's the one being brave um and we think that's how what we have to do or we think when we look at ourselves uh that that's how we have to behave in order for us to do something scary uh and what we end up doing is actually the opposite because we've got all this armor on we 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 do the safe thing you're talking before about like netflix and their ability to like adapt and and do you know the unpopular thing uh you can't do that without being vulnerable because people are going to turn around they're going to call you names they're going to poke fun at you because you're doing the weird thing so uh yeah that's probably the big thing and then also in recognizing that for other people who became really important to me in my boot camp sessions and now online to create spaces where people can be vulnerable where they can suggest things without fear of being ridiculed and things like that and that's how you create a culture that is supportive um if you're creating a culture where people are getting put down for making mistakes or doing the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing then that's very quickly you're going to lose all creativity in that culture create robots because everyone's just going to be saving their own butt and that that was my experience when i worked full-time in engineering was everyone saving their own butt like putting most of their work and saving their own butt and the company, like the company suffered for it. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So really, really cool book really resonated with me or, or it's not a book, I guess, an audio. And uh, that's the other one I recommend. Mm. I, I liked it. I, I've listened to a few of Brene's. I, I really like Dare to Lead, um, about mm-hmm. being trying to be a leader. Um, but I think hey, I'm, you were the one that actually got me onto her, that great retreat that you did at Phillip Island. I... Listen, I was into TED Talks then, but not hugely. And um, that really hit home with me when we sat down that night. I think it was a Saturday night, the last sort of thing we did. Yeah. And we watched her TED Talk, which if you haven't done is, I think it's nearly one of the most viewed TED Talks ever. Um, yeah. It's, it was really cool. So I, if you want to start anywhere, that's a really good one to watch. It's only 17 or 18 minutes. Surely you've got that time in your day. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one because I... I put it on and I had watched it, you know, a ton of times. And then like I turned around and everyone's like wiping tears away from their eyes. Yeah. Like it really just, it really hit home. Everyone takes away from everyone. You really very quickly see how there's these little things you're doing to like protect yourself in your life that are actually like holding you back, holding back you from being able to connect with the people around you that you so deeply desire. Um, yeah, yeah, really, really, really good. Definitely yeah. recommend it. And that's, and I think depends. Like we we'd shared a lot um, at that retreat that you run, yeah. so we'll probably in quite a vulnerable sort yeah. of headspace. Uh, and, yeah. that, yes. and that's why I it that got that. Part of it. Yeah. that yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've watched it again. I haven't cried, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with crying. I think it's amazing. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just think uh, even if you start, even if you don't have much time, there's Benet Brown's got some really good cartoons on. YouTube about, you know, vulnerability, about shame, about, they're about two or three yeah, minute clips, you know, they're, they're, yeah. yeah, they're fantastic as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure most people have heard of her by now though, Cole. I know you love her and I'm pretty proud of uh, following her work and stuff like that. So yeah, six books, mate. That's, I think they're pretty good. Okay. Nice. There's a lot, of, <laughs> there's a lot there's to a take range in. there. Yeah, there is. Yeah. There's, there's a good range there for people to pick one that, 
we're not saying, yeah, you have to go listen to all of these. It's just like pick one that you thought, oh yeah, that's what I need to, need to read right now. Or I need to hear right now and go with that. Yeah. And I think that is one, one bit of advice that I've always been given from, you know, if you listen to a podcast or you go to a, a professional development day or you have a meeting that you action something from that. Otherwise it is a waste of time. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you might've enjoyed listening to our voices, probably not mine. Kyle's is a lot more soothing, but if you don't action one thing from this, then it's you know, it's probably a waste of time. So pick one of those books and you know, get it on Audible if you don't have much time because I bet you go walking or you spend it in the car or something yeah. like that. So I don't know. Give it a go. That would be my bit of advice from today's show. Yep. Totally. Are we ready for it? All right. Yes, I'm right ready. Right here, right now. That's getting worse too. Ooh. That was that was good. That was different this week. I tried to put a bit more oomph into that one, Kyle, for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, did you want to go first, mate? Uh, sure. Uh, so just one thing. I just wrote an article today actually on trust. And I think it's definitely something worth thinking about, something we probably don't think about enough, how trust actually works. Um so running a, a group fitness business, you want people to trust your business. You want you to trust them because then they'll sign up, they'll spend money with you. Um, they'll look to you as a person who can help them. But how do you build trust in the first place? Is it by being on every social media platform? No, not really. Is it by telling people to trust you? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> um, trust is this weird thing where trust is built by someone giving you trust and then you holding up your end of the promise and that builds so trust builds trust uh so it's this weird chicken and egg thing that happens so uh i'll talk about an article but my recommendation is when trying to get people to trust you give them opportunities really small opportunities to trust you really low risk you know like following you on social media is a really good way uh, they're trusting you not to clog up their feed with all this stuff. It's low risk because they can easily just unfollow you if they don't want to see what you're running anymore. But now you have an opportunity because they've given you a little bit of trust. You have an opportunity to really like provide them with some great resources, some great content um, and really respect the trust that they've given you. And then their trust in you will grow a little bit then you can ask them for an email address or to come try out a free session or something like that. And then do the same again. So each time it's that there's building blocks. Um, how can, so don't just expect people to sign up to your boot camps necessarily for, you know, the full price from day one where they don't even know you uh, think of ways. What can you do before then to start building trust with that person? And a big part of it is really just following through. And then in those times when it doesn't work out, when you make a mistake or uh, something doesn't go the way you want it to, it's like really just owning that and apologizing for that and then making an effort to make things right again. So that's my little two bits on trust. Hmm, nice, man. I think uh, that's good. So go and check that out. That's just on the Bootcamp Ideas blog. Yeah. And, yep. in, the, and in the show be. notes. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes too. Cool, cool. Um, mine's on coaching. So um, I just released this morning uh, an episode with a guy named Mark Choco Williams, who's one of really one of the best known AFL coaches um, in Australia. And um, I really enjoyed that. He was, I spoke a lot about relationships and it sort of, I just marked that down there that it reminds me a lot about the books we've just mentioned there and building relationships with uh, not only your clients, but your family, friends, um, and how much you have to invest in that. So that was good. That was yeah. episode 194. Um, Mark Williams coached Port Adelaide to a premiership in the AFL. For international listeners, um, yeah, you'll be able to take something away. It's not just all about AFL. It's about coaching and life and stuff like that. Um, and the last one is uh, investing in myself again. So I've done this for probably a couple of years, um, a year and a half, but I've just reached out to uh, sort of a company to – sort of help me go to the next level and um, invest in myself to grow as a person, presenter, trainer, um, and business owner. Cool. Um, yeah, so I think that's a good reminder that 
you do you do need to seek out. You do need to get other advice. I know, Cole, you've got a coach. Um, yeah, so I haven't done that for a while, and I feel that at the moment it's not that I'm stale, but with this pandemic, it's well, it's basically. Uh, and I said, someone were out for dinner on Saturday night at a friend's house, and essentially, I've sort of been made redundant, Kyle. You know, like my whole year, and and that's what it sort of mm. felt like. And I've sort of had to reinvent myself because my whole year sort of like just changed and and there's nothing wrong yeah. with that but sometimes you get a little bit lost and if you're feeling like that then it's not that I was lost I just I don't know I needed a different opinion or different views um and maybe yeah just a bit of advice in certain areas so um that's yeah something that I'm excited to be sort of embarking on next week so um yeah mate that's sort of where I'm at at the moment awesome cool. that's awesome yeah I think uh that's we need support, especially during like times of change. It's so helpful to have other people you can talk to about that stuff, get some guidance, get some other real world experience. Yeah. And I think, I think it's great. Like I work very closely with you. I've got a couple other mates in different aspects of my business that I talk to most days and every week about, you know, issues we're having. But when you have somebody that doesn't know everything about you, um, I don't know, mm. sometimes it's good to get some brutally honest feedback and that's essentially yeah. what i want you know like a lot of times friends they may sugarcoat it a bit or a yeah. lot of time they've got their own things going on as well so they don't invest as much time as what an external person will when you pay them so yeah and yeah. you and you know True. that Cole. that's why you obviously invest in yourself as well yep cool all right good episode mate i like it thanks for listening superstars Yes, thank you very much. And we will see you or speak to you again next week. <laughs> Sounds good. See you, mate. <laughs>